Hello and welcome to the Dynamic Design Land. We joked last episode that we like that idea of a name for the podcast and we thought, stuff it, let's let's go ahead and do it. So this is the Dynamic Design Land. Technology, mostly Apple technology if we're honest, through the lens of two designers. Nothing else about the show has changed. As always, I am joined by my very good friend and also colleague, Rod. Welcome, mate. Good morning, Glenn. We did it. We actually, we did it. Welcome to the Dynamic Design Land. Thing. It feels slightly less narcissistic than naming the podcast after ourselves. Plus, it's a bit of fun. So, yeah, I'm, I, I, I like it. And who knows what we're going to be talking about now that we, we dropped Apple from the name. Of course, it's going to be super focused on Apple tech because that's what we love to talk about. But there might be other topics as well that are relevant. Exactly. It gives us an opportunity to explore, like, you know, we, we both use Figma daily in our roles and maybe we have a conversation about that and some of the latest updates that are happening off the back of Config, their, 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 their yearly conference and some of our strong feelings about Adobe's move uh, to acquire them. But that's not for this episode. We're still talking about Apple. We both love it. Um, we, we finished up the last episode. There was a couple of additional features of 16.2, iOS 16.2, uh, that we wanted to touch on and talk about. Um, first one, um, continuity camera. The uh, continuity camera. Um, do you want to give us a quick sort of like, what is it? How does it work? And then we can get into our experiences with it. Yeah, so continuity camera was something that was introduced in DC this year. And it's an OS level upgrade to the Macs in macOS Ventura. And, and connected with iOS as well, that allows you to use your, your iOS device as, as a camera. So you could use your iPhone as your MacBook camera or your Mac camera, which is, is, is pretty cool. And when they presented it, they were even showing some accessories and gadgets that you can buy to kind of put your phone, hold your phone over uh, your, your, your Mac. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Um, it integrates really well. At least I've used it with Teams and Zoom, and it's it's pretty straightforward. It's like your phone basically becomes another option for you to select to. Um, it's super straightforward. Sometimes a bit too straightforward. Yeah. Like I've ha I've jumped into meetings and have my phone be my camera without necessarily expecting it. Um, I haven't found it super useful yet, but I know I will. Because it's one of those things that opens up a world of possibilities. Like if if I want to present something and stand away from my computer or, or have a different perspective or different camera angle for, it could be an, a, a head sh an overhead shot or just, I don't know, some weird angle. Now it's super easy because all I need to do is connect to my phone and place it in the right place instead of having a separate camera, DSLR or something that is hooked up through a wire to my computer. Um, all of that gone. Like flexibility... Amazing. Which you used to do, like you used to have a very serious webcam setup. Yeah, I had a. I, I was using a DSLR as a webcam, but uh, I had sometimes it didn't. It lost configuration. I had to turn it on. If if I didn't have the light right lighting in the room, it wasn't great. So it, it was a bit inconvenient. Now with the new MacBook Pros M M ones, M one Pros, sorry, and Ultra that that have the 1080p FaceTime camera, to be honest, like the trade-off, <laughs> it's way more convenient to yeah, just use that that's one. that's fair. I, um, I, I've had similar experiences where um, my, like I've joined like a Teams call and the, the first camera view is like of the inside of my pocket. 
um, because it's connected to my phone and it's gone, let's use this one. Um, so I've used it, you know, I've, I've got an external camera sits on top of my uh, external display. It's just a Logitech something, it's 1080p. Um, using continuity camera, like I've had a go having a few, like it's very crisp, like almost too crisp shows lots of grays and wrinkles and stuff like that. <laughs> I kind of like the lower resolution, uh, for jumping on calls. Um, but yeah, the setup, as soon as I updated to Mac OS Ventura, it was, it was just, it just prompted. It's like, Hey, do you want to try this out? And now it's just an option. So, you know, in the drop down menus in say like teams or, or, you know, I use zoom for some stuff. Um, you know, using, using these different tools, it's just another camera input. So I can use the Logitech that's sitting on top of my monitor. Or I can use the camera that's in the, um, like the, the laptop itself or my iPhone if it's nearby. And so that's kind of cool. It's quite useful, um, you know, in terms of, you know, having a good quality camera. I haven't had a play with the way that it uses the fisheye lens so that it can do like a U plus desk top down view thing. Oh, yet. Yeah, me um, but it is like... Yeah, it is, it, like, you know, I've, I've been impressed with how quick and easy it does. It does set up and work. It's just sometimes it defaults to the iPhone without warning you and gives some interesting views of your world. I feel like I can't, I can't help myself to connect it back to this thread that we keep bringing back and we brought back in the, in the last episode about Reality OS, which is our own code name. It's not a real name. Because I was just thinking, it's not just a camera. It's a camera with LiDAR. So it wouldn't be too crazy that this is like the gateway into more of an immersive slash 3D mapped versions of ourselves, like Teams is already doing with avatars and meta as the, well. The mesh? Yeah. Have you set up your, me have you set yeah. up your, your Teams mesh? Yes, I have. <laughs> um, that could be another topic because <laughs> it, yeah. it was fun, but at the same time, like, ugh. I, I will say that... Um, it has lots of options in the same way that Memoji does, but I'm struggling to get something that is a, well, I'm pretty average white guy looking, like I'm not, I'm very plain and I can't get something that represents me. <laughs> like, um, yeah, but yeah, I, it's quite cool the way that it tracks and it's only using computer vision. It's not using LiDAR or anything like that. So, you know, you could do a much better job if you've got, you know, a dot matrix being shot on your face or LiDAR. So that's that's a rabbit hole that we do not need to go down. So continuity camera, it's new. Um, I cannot remember off the top of my head what specs you need on your Mac and your iPhone or which models you need to have to make it work. I suspect you need an M1 or, or better um, to make that work from a, from a Mac perspective and a relatively recent iPhone. Um, something else that was introduced was an app on iPad in the latest iPad OS in 16.2 called Freeform. Um, so if you've updated your iPad, you would have noticed there's just this new app icon there uh, for an app called Freeform. Um, have you had a play around with it yet? Very, very short play. Yeah. So look, it's it's meant to be an infinite whiteboarding app. Well, it is look, not meant to be. It is an infinite whiteboarding app. Um, so you can draw with your pencil, like your Apple Pencil, you can add post-it notes. Um, you can, you know, there's a bunch of different colors. Um, there's text fields. You can add photos into the mix. Um, they've also got like a like a, a very like full library of these like flat sort of silhouette image things. So it's not just like add a square, a circle, a star, you know, that kind of stuff. The categories, I actually wrote them down because it was hilarious to me how many categories and how many of these like flat silhouette things they've done. 
So there's, you know, clothes, furniture, animals, nature, food, symbols, education. So it's like schools and desks and stuff. Arts, science, people, places, activities, transport, work and ornaments. So there's like a segmented controller in the little drop down of like what it's it's like clip art on steroids. But you know, uh, you know add, where that's from? There. Keynote. Oh, it is too. You're right. Okay, so they've brought all of that in from Keynote. So that, you know, an existing library. I thought that they'd just put a lot of effort into that one <laughs> feature of this thing. So like in terms of like it allows for collaboration between people, one of the challenges obviously is that everyone needs to be using a, a freeform compatible device. And so when you work in a corporate environment where there's honestly a lot more Windows users than Mac users, et cetera, that becomes challenging. But just some of the other sort of things. So I find the switching between interaction paradigms of like when I'm using the pencil and then I want to interact with, you know, touch on a, a, a post-it note and move it or something like that. That's really clunky. Like I've got to turn on pencil mode, turn off pencil mode um, right now. And I, I'd rather just, if I'm using the pencil, do pencil stuff. If I'm using my finger, do finger stuff. But it's got like a mode that you switch. Um, the other challenge is obviously the, the post-it note. Well, not obviously, but the post-it notes, you can type in them uh, and that's kind of cool. Um, but you can't draw on them. So any pencil work that you do is not stuck to the note. The other thing that you know, I tried to build a workflow with it, and you know, to, as opposed to you know the tools that we would typically use, such as Miro or FigJam, which is the collaboration tool built into Figma. Um, you know, they're really, really, you know, obviously fully spec. But just something as simple as getting connection lines that will anchor themselves to objects. Right now, it's just it's a it's its own thing. It's a floating arrow. So if I move a post-it note, it doesn't sort of auto-adjust the connection line between that post-it note and what, it, what else it was connected to. So everything is kind of like this individual thing on the canvas. And so that doesn't really help me with building out more complex or detailed views and flows. For, for rough kind of idea jotting, um, maybe with, with one or two other people, it's, it's, it's great. But as a full, like, could I run a workshop with it? Probably not. I wonder if it's like a a gateway into power tools like FigJam and Miro, which we are of course exposed to as designers because there are there are our go-to tools. But I'm thinking for Apple in education, for example, if you have a classroom that they all have iPads and pr very likely the same spec iPads, all of a sudden you have a classroom whiteboard that you can kind of access from from the device and um, yeah, education at, at any level university or, or secondary high school um, and it, it could be very interesting as a as an entry level out of the box experience and it, it is v1 sometimes these v1s are yeah especially compared to miro and figma it feels it feels very v1 yeah it feels very v1 and it like obviously it's you know as v1 it does the job there is some use cases for it and those use cases will expand as it gains functionality but if anyone's listening that has any power over it, there's some feedback. Just to, like make connection lines able to stick to stuff. Like that's that's like the biggest thing for me. That I was like, this I can't I can't build I can't build a, a workflow uh, map in this tool. Not yet. So, so speaking about connecting things and getting <laughs> oh, things connected. Oh, that's to, such a good segue. <laughs> good <work. laughs> Keeping things connected to each other. I think there's 
a main topic that we wanted to discuss for, for this for this episode. Uh, something that I think I'm pretty sure you have way better understanding than I do. So I'm going to play the role of the person who knows nothing about it and ask you questions about it, which is this thing called matter. So what's what is it? What what's what's the matter? Uh, <laughs> there's so many good op. So matter as a standard, outside of giving us many good pun opportunities, does matter. Um, it's it's a really cool technology standard that I'm particularly excited about. So people probably know that listen to the that listen to the show. I'm really into smart home stuff. Um, I bought uh, built, bought a new house a couple of years ago and decided that we were going to be a, a home kit house. So it's not it doesn't work with home kit. We're not that's not an accessory that's finding a way into our home, and that's been a limiting factor quite significantly because. Not as much stuff works with HomeKit. It's a higher bar to clear in terms of you know uh, security and safety and stuff like that. So Matter is a protocol um, or, or a standard that's been brought about by the, the CSA or the Connectivity Standards Alliance. They used to be like for people that have been following smart home standards and tech for a while. It used to be the Zigbee Alliance and groups. So Zigbee is like an older technology, but basically Matter is a combination of your Wi-Fi network and a technology called Thread that some people may have heard of. So Thread is a technology that can be built into smart home hardware. It's, 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 there's a Thread radio in all the HomePod minis that allows for internal communication between devices in your home. So it's taking those two technologies uh, and, and, and blending them together. There is some Ethernet options um, into the standard as well. And so what it allows you to do is it basically means that if you buy a smart home accessory and it is matter compatible, all of the big, like so Apple, Amazon, and Google have all submitted in a, a part of this, this uh, matter standard. So if I buy, go out and I need to buy a light bulb and I'm a, and I'm a home kit user, I just have to look for that matter symbol. I don't need to worry about like you saw, I sent you a message the other day I was in, a, I was in Bunnings and there was a light bulb that was like compatible with Alexa, compatible with Google Assistant. And then it said like compatible with Siri shortcuts, which I was like, that's not a thing. Like that's, it's not HomeKit. Um, now um, things will be able to get Matter certified. And the, the, the bar to get Matter certification is, is lower. And by getting Matter certified, you know, more and more companies will, will basically open up to be able to work with multiple ecosystems. And so... It, the fact that Apple have gotten in, involved in this because it is an open standard, there's an open SDK, is huge uh, for, in, in my mind. It's 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 kind of lowering the walls of the wall garden a little bit, but it's really exciting for me as somebody that's trying to have a home kit only home because it means that the world of accessories that are available to me will open up pretty significantly. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, pretty amazing. And it, it does sound like it's uh, definitely a market opener for, for everyone. There's there's a bit of the technology as well that I think, or at least my understanding of it is, is great for for us consumers, which is it works under the premise that devices connect to their own network and they rely less on connecting to the cloud. So there's there's less information that or personal information that needs to be pushed for these devices to talk to each other, and get, get giving more control to the to the homeowners who've who've implemented this technology on who gets access to what, and also less reliance on, on, on cloud infrastructures and stuff to make things faster and more secure, I guess. 
Yeah, it's like so that's right. Like less stuff goes to the internet, which is good from a security and a privacy standpoint. But it's also good from from like a latency standpoint. So if you you know invoke your smart assistant, I'm not going to say the the wake words for any of them. But if you invoke your smart assistant and say turn on the light, you know it's you think about it. Say say you've got Philips Hue, you've got a Philips Hue bulb. You've got the Hue Bridge, which allows it to talk to like your Google or Amazon or HomeKit setup. Then that goes to a server somewhere. <laughs> then it comes back via the bridge to the bulb. So like that's for, for the simple act of turning on a light, it's a bit preposterous yeah. um, versus something that has the intelligence within the network itself to, to just do that. And so, you know, the fact that you don't have to send, you know, information halfway around the world and back again to turn your light bulb on seems a bit more reasonable um as a solution than than you know what we're doing currently so yeah i think that's that's it's quite cool from 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 a couple of different angles um which yeah is is quite exciting but for me it's the interoperability that is quite mind-blowing um so you could in theory tell an alexa device like a, a an echo dot for example if you had one of those big Google Nest speakers, you could tell, you could make your Alexa tell the Google Nest Hub to play music on Spotify, like via an Alexa command. So it's it's not just, um, you know, you pick your ecosystem and like different like bulbs and locks and stuff will work with it. There's interoperability now between the ecosystems, which is huge. It means that you know. You, you can kind of have have multiple things going on in your house. You do still need to basically pick your camp, but it just means that your camp is compatible with more. So for, for HomeKit users, very, very exciting. Probably less exciting for like, uh, you know, Alexa and Google Home peeps because there was kind of like a, a breadth of, a breadth of um, stuff available. But I think what this will do um, is you know Apple's HomeKit ecosystem is kind of known that the accessories that you get within that the setup is pretty rock solid and it's very solid stable like it's good quality because of that higher bar to clear the matter setup process with the QR codes and stuff like it's it's HomeKit like it's 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 you know effectively a replication of that and so you you kind of bring that better setup and connectivity and user experience that you get as a HomeKit user to those other platforms and a higher level or a higher certainty of quality of that accessory. And even for those uh, challenging households where a person might have an Android device and the other person might have <laughs> an iOS device, <laughs> they, can, just, they no, can just use a, whatever their preference is. To, that. <laughs> we could, to quote Tim Cook, buy them an iPhone. But um, like, yeah, no, um, you're right, exactly. So it just means that, you know, more interoperability, more technology that's going to work better. You know, maybe a lot of the time when you when you move house, your smart home tech stays with the house. And so if, you know, we moved from this house and sold it to somebody that was, you know, deep in the Google ecosystem and they turned up with all the Nest hubs, the locks will still work. The lighting's like, you know, they're not going to have to rip and replace everything. So this is where it needs to go. Like, um, you know, this, this kind of openness of standard for something like home is, is I think, a good idea and necessary. Um, so they had a big conference, it was a couple of weeks ago, um, the, this, the, the CSA, the Connectivity Standards Alliance um, in Europe somewhere, 550 companies. So obviously there's Apple, there's Amazon, there's Google, 
But, you know, Philips Hue, Belkin, like 550 companies have signed up to be part of this matter standard. So, I, I you know, I, I'm not holding my breath too much because I was kind of hopeful about Zigbee being this thing. And now matter is kind of taking that place. Um, but I, I'm, I'm op- quietly optimistic that this is something that's going to work. So the start, the first drop of functionality and compatibility doesn't include everything that you might have in your smart home. So um, I've got this, so you know, light bulbs, but also light switches. Um, interestingly, if you're building a house, just as a hot tip, don't buy smart light. It's, you think that you'll change the colors of your bulbs? You won't. Just get smart switches. Um, like it's so much better because you know then when your wife turns the smart bulb off at the wall because she doesn't use the smart assistant, she instead uses the switch like a, I suppose a normal person. Um, it just it, it means that you can't interact with it because it's not getting power. Um, smart plugs, so like you know just things that go in between a device and the and the wall socket, so you can turn them on and off. Uh, smart locks, safety and security sensors. This doesn't include cameras. Media devices like TVs, smart blinds uh, and shades. So like the Somfies and stuff like that of the world are in there. Garage door controllers, smart thermostats and smart HVAC controllers. That's in spec one uh, of, of what uh, Matter have released. What is notably not in there um, is cameras and doorbells um, and like things like robot vacuums and stuff like that. So that's... Kind of frustrating. So we've got smart cameras all over the place, but I still don't have a smart doorbell. And that's because HomeKit has very limited options in that. Um, there's a few that don't have great ratings. NetAtmo, which was kind of like the lead for me, very pretty device, announced a couple of weeks ago that despite the fact that they said that they would, um, they're not going to support um, HomeKit secure video, which is a deal breaker for me. So it's another example of don't buy any hardware on the promises of future software. Um, so yeah, that this, this is exciting because, you know, it may mean that something that is sort of industry standard and quite, you know, industry leading for a reason like Ring, you know, Ring is owned by Amazon. Amazon's in the CSA for Matter. Maybe Ring will support Matter and I'll be able to have a Ring doorbell contributing to my HomeKit ecosystem. So there's some stuff that, that could hopefully come out of the next spec. Exciting times. And that's only the start. Yeah. I couldn't be yeah. in the other op- extreme opposite. Uh, I do have, I think, one smart plug that turns on my my musical spaceship, and probably that's about it. <laughs> because I had to turn on like some synthesizers at the time and let them warm up for thirty minutes before I I started using them. So I would have them turn on at like super rod. early. That is the most rod automation home automation <laughs> example. I had to let my synths warm up. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it's just convenient. Yeah, yeah. No, we've got a lot of those smart plug things. I, we're a couple of weeks out from having to put up Christmas lights, and I've got a couple that um, I um, set up, and that way you can you can go H-E-Y, Siri, turn on the Christmas lights, and everything outside turns on, which is kind of cool. But yeah, so that's matter. I'm very excited about it. There's some great articles, but I'm looking forward to the days when you can walk into a JB, a Buddings, or wherever, see that those three little arrows pointing together, which I only just realized is probably Apple, Amazon, and Google all pointing together to work <laughs> together sort of thing. But just see that Matter logo and buy that thing and know that it's going to work in your home. Um, that's that's the dream. It's going to take some of the complexity out of it. 
but that's everything that uh, I think we were planning on talking about today. Yeah, that that was a great first episode of the Dynamic Design Land. <laughs> I still love it. It's, it's, it's weird that I enjoy it. So, yeah, let us know what you think in the comments of the Dynamic Design Land. We're probably going to keep it anyway, regardless of what you say, because we think it's cool. Uh, but great chatting, as always, Rob. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Glenn. Bye.